This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Special three Jokers finale edition. <laughs> so we, we really need to caveat this by starting this conversation um, with saying that this is the day that none of us expected to come. <laughs> not only not only do we have one, not only do we have two, but we have three full issues of three Jokers, you know, somewhere around four years mm-hmm. after the uh, the Dark Side War first yeah. teased a concept of the three Jokers. Yeah. And I want to say from a meta standpoint, not related to the story itself. I think the timing has hurt it a little bit. Yeah. The there was the delay. But besides the delay. This came out right about the time that the Joker Wars was coming out. And I think for me, at least, that has hurt my enjoyment of it because we just had another Joker story going at the same time. And things got a little convoluted for me having two major Joker stories with the same characters at the same time. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that with that mm-hmm. comment, Wayne. It, it, we even talked about it. I can't remember if it was on a Three Jokers uh, episode or a Joker War episode. But I was like, which book am I reading right now? Uh, and, you know, clearly I have enjoyed Three Jokers much more than I enjoyed Joker War. But, uh, you know, I, could have, I could, could have done without Joker War and gotten all my Joker over here. Gotten, I've gotten three times the Joker over here. Yeah, I will go out and say it. Where Joker Ward did not stick the landing for me, three Jokers did. You know, and, and we're, dear listener, we will be spoiling uh, stuff in this book. Uh, but without spoiling the ending just yet, I will say that the ending that we got surprised the devil out of me. I, I would uh, agree. I, I, it was not the ending I was expecting. It was not the. It was not any type of ending I was looking for. Uh, you know, it, it it's it's the ending. Uh, that we got. And I was, I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. And that was awfully satisfying, but I do have problems with it. And we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I made the comment the last time we talked about three jokers that I felt like it should have been numbered in reverse. I feel like the first issue should have been, should have been, you know, three. I feel like the second issue should have been two and this issue should have been one because we start with three jokers, wind up with two jokers in the, uh, in the prior book and we whittle it on down to one in, uh, in this one. And I, I do think that the numbering should have been reversed in this story. Yep. And that was not something I, entirely expected but something i'm happy with because i never liked the idea of the multiple ones and i like that going forward there's not multiple out there yeah there's just the one and one of the things i really appreciate about it is i like joker being the unreliable narrator and you never really know for sure the origin you know and what they've I, given that back to us well and what i find kind of amusing uh you know it we it was the clown who was killed last time, right? Uh, And so in this issue, we start with the criminal who is, who appears to perhaps be the original Joker. And we wind up with the comedian and we find out so much about the motivations. I mean, like like, there are some things that I really expect is like, we were never going to know why, this was going on, but the criminal really does sort of unload on Batman as to why he's doing what he's doing. And, you know, we saw at the end of the prior issue that Joe chill had been taken, uh, from Blackgate prison. 
they you know they had tried they they had considered turning Jason Todd into uh, a Joker you know because they were trying to to flush it out they're trying to make an additional Jokers and uh, Jason Todd wasn't going to work out and I forget the reason they cited for that uh, do, you, do either of you guys recall that Jason was too broken or something which seems too strange. stupid too stupid <laughs> I mean that, that's that's literally what they yeah they said yeah he, that he just wasn't sophisticated enough yeah that was it he wasn't sophisticated yeah. enough so you know they decide not to do Jason Todd so the criminal Joker decides that you know Joe Chill would be a good choice because that would make Joker so much more important to Batman that it would close the loop that because Joe Chill is essentially Batman's origin story you know, having killed Martha and Thomas Wayne, they would turn Joe Chill into the into a Joker, and that would just make Joker so much more important, which was, uh, you know, apparently important to uh, to uh, the criminal. The criminal doesn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> he just, I, you know, I don't know what else to say about that other than, you know, things that things didn't look good there for the criminal, uh, and you know, fortunately, Bruce. You know, saves Joe Chill several times in the story from uh, from the Jokers, uh, and, and you know we find out. You remember, I had to go back to the to issue number two, and you guys stop me because I know I'm I know I'm rambling on here. But we we have another moment between Jason and Barbara, and you can tell that you know Jason is feeling a lot more tender towards Barbara than Barbara's. And, you know, I, I go back and I'm like, well, was there something else that I missed? And I went back to the, to the pages in issue two and all it was, was, you know, a kiss. Of course, Jason is almost entirely nude. He's got, you know, a, a towel wrapped around him because he just got out of the shower. But, you know, Jason had had a rough time. Barbara had had a rough time. Uh, you know, Jason in issue two, uh, kills the clown, the clown being the Joker that killed him, uh, you know, back in, in the Death in the Family storyline. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was a, a, an emotional time for, uh, for our characters. And, and, you know, they, they, I, Barbara, I don't think was feeling romantic towards Jason. She was feeling, uh, empathetic towards Jason. But Jason in issue three, has really kind of spun that up into something it is not. <laughs> it well, is, I was it trying is not. to remember, and I may need to go back and read Death in the Family again. I seem to remember that Jason Todd, before his death, that they had uh, hinted that he had a crush on Batgirl. Well, who that was not have a crush at on all Batgirl? like reciprocated in any right. way. So I like at first I didn't like that until I was remembering it and thinking maybe this was a callback to something we have seen before. Oh yeah, that it doesn't. Just, yeah, I, that does, would not surprise me at all. It's been a while since I read any of the Jason Todd books from back in that period. But that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, because you know who wouldn't have a crush on Barbara? I mean, Barbara is amazing, right? Yeah, she's a redhead. Well, and, and I mean, she she's beautiful, she's smart, she's caring. I mean, she is literally all that and a bag of chips. Yeah. I mean, she, she's I mean, she's, she's awesome. She's smart. She's She's able to rebuild herself after what happened with Joker yeah. to become an even stronger person. I mean, yeah. she is an amazing character. Well, and, I you like know, better as Oracle. Yeah, same. But you know, even you know, even before she rebuilt herself back into Bad Girl, to your point, you know, she built herself into Oracle. She found her her place in the Bat family, even despite her gruesome injuries. Um, 
I, 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 Barbara is fantastic. I mean, there, there's just no reason in the world not to, to just absolutely fall in love with, 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 with Barbara. And of course, Jason does that thing we all do. A woman shows him a little bit of kindness and he is, he, he has completely misread the room. <laughs> yeah. He has completely misread the room. And we, you know, later in the book, he goes, you know, in the in the epilogue of the story, he he writes her a little note saying, you know, hey, I'll give up being Red Hood. I'll I'll be a great guy. I will do everything for you. Just give me a chance. And uh, goes on to say, you know, because he's taped it to her door, uh, that if you uh, if you if if I have completely misread this, just don't say anything. We'll just pretend it never happened. And of course, it falls off the door and gets swept up by somebody curiously reminiscent of the Joker. Yeah, wearing a purple jumpsuit that says uh-huh. "Fun Time Cleaners." Yeah, sure. You know, it's funny. I didn't even notice the Fun Time Cleaners, and part of that's because you guys are reading in guided view, and I'm not. Uh. Uh, you know, I read in page view, so you know, in page view. It just looks like a janitor, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so I, I definitely missed that. Um, I both I struggled with this end, and you know, I, I know that Wayne said he feels like it stuck the landing. I feel like it had a very Jeff Johns ending, for better or worse. Um, you know, in, in that you know he the the entire first issue was trying to emulate the feeling of Alan Moore's killing joke. Mm -hmm. And as the book progressed, it turned more and more away from that towards, um, like, and this is not a bad thing. It's just an observation towards something a little bit more hopeful, right? A a little bit less um, downtrodden, a little bit less ambiguous, a little bit less um, depressing, right? Because killing joke has just this, this ending sticks with you. The ending sticks with you because it's so, you know, emotional. And while there are emotional aspects to Three Jokers, I feel like this ending, I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like it wasn't worth the wait. Um, I feel like the reveal of the concept of the Three Jokers was lackluster given the setup um, in that, okay, so the original Joker created some more Jokers, and they kept creating other Jokers, and, and now they want to create another Joker, and now we're back to status quo, because all the other Jokers are dead, except for that one Joker. Uh, except for one Joker, and you know that's the one Joker that we've really thought was the Joker this whole time anyway, the one who shot Barbara Gordon. Um, you know, it, it, it really, it was th- a big story to get us back to status quo, and my biggest problem with the issue was the end. And I don't know how much we want to reveal of the end other than to say that Batman reveals. I've known Joker's last name. I've known who Joker was since a week after I knew the Joker. I met the Joker. Right. You know, and Alfred is very surprised to hear that. And I'm like, bullshit. Because then why did you ask the Mobius chair <laughs> yeah. what the Joker's real name was that started this whole storyline? Um, you know, I get, that, I get that, that really bugged me. I really do get that because the whole Mobius chair thing, that kind of throws that out the window. But I didn't care about the Mobius chair thing because I didn't read any of that. This is a standalone story. I loved him knowing. And I love that he knows something about Joker's family that Joker doesn't know. 
down. And that he's secreting away. If it wasn't for the setup, I would have been fine with that. But the setup of the story (laughs) was that he asked the movie to share who the Joker was. And that's how he knew there were three Jokers. If If that hadn't been a thing, or if he had found out some other way or whatever, but... The fact that he asked the Mobius chair is what bugs me about it. Well, and beyond that, uh, I think there's a believability issue here. And, you know, the the part of the ending uh, depends on the kindness of the Gotham City Police Department. And I'm sorry, when have we ever seen that? I, I mean, like, in the pages of, of, uh, of The Killing Joke, when have we ever seen that? Other than Commissioner Gordon. And yet... The the secret ending here depends on the kindness of the Gotham City Police Department. I think it would have been far more likely that somebody puts a bullet in not yet the Joker's brain versus what happens in this book. Yeah, I mean, you know, the retconning of of the Joker's wife dying um, into, you know, and we're just going to reverse spoiling the book uh, into someone who's still alive. (laughs) You know, that's clearly a setup for something down the line. But, you know, in that, you know, it goes back to my comment earlier about it being a very Jeff Johns ending Mm -hmm. in that it really, like, for better or worse, was was a happy ending that gets us back to status quo. It started, the whole series started emulating... Uh, killing joke and ended up emulating more like uh, uh, Doomsday was Clock it? almost. Right? No, I was I was thinking the the story Damian Wayne was created in. Um, Batman? No, not Batman Inc. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, the whole idea of let's create a character here in this story that will eventually come back as a full grown adult character right. that has a whole history. And well, you know, I, I feel you know I, I you know I mentioned the the Doomsday Clock because I feel just like doomsday clock was jeff johns defining his superman i feel like this is jeff johns defining batman right that this is jeff johns if jeff johns never wrote another batman book again i feel like this is jeff johns saying this is the ultimate batman tale that i want to tell this is batman forgiving his greatest villain the man who killed his parents the redemption of joe chill and the, the establishment of no one more evil in his life other than the Joker. So yeah. I want to I want to come back to something that I've said previously, mm-hmm. uh, where I don't feel that Batman is a hero, and I think this ending really solidifies that because while it seems that he's doing a noble thing, supporting the anonymity of uh, Joker's wife and child, so that you know the press doesn't hound them and that people don't find them and that Joker doesn't find them. A hero would shut that shit down. A hero would would deal with Joker in a final manner. That he would put aside his, you know, his no kill and finally make the decision. I mean, I understand letting Joker go once, maybe even twice. But as many times as Batman has released Joker, every single one of those deaths is on Batman. And why have somebody? have to live their lives in fear that Joker might find out. Because let me tell you, you know, the whole thing about secrets, people find the, find out about them. I mean, that's not just a storytelling device. That's <laughs> just a thing. Especially in the comic world. Yeah, yeah, that's just a thing. People find out about secrets, you know. Uh, I, I, I am reminded of, of the day we, we buried my uh, grandfather. And immediately, I mean, there we are at his wake, and they're telling stories about my grandfather's first wife. 
What do you mean first wife? Grandma's his wife. No, no, he was married before grandma. And his brother is sitting there telling us this, things that they never would have to- would have shared had grandpa still been alive. But because grandpa was 15 minutes in the ground, <laughs> we're going to start telling all of grandpa's secrets. I'm just saying, secrets are made to be learned. Batman's smart enough to know this. He thinks he's being noble here, but he's really being a coward. He is not a hero. Yeah, I know I'm in the minority here of I don't want to see Batman kill. I like that Batman has that line that he won't cross no matter what. I like Superman having that line as well. I don't necessarily feel that way about other characters, but about these two, I like that standard that they hold themselves to and that they hold others to. For me, the ending nailed it because it nailed it with Joker. I like that we're down to not just one, but we're down to the one that's chaos, the one that had actually been planning this whole thing and using the other Jokers. I like that he even throws in there of, you know, he created me or I created him. You don't know. I like that ambiguity. I like the chaos. And I really appreciated getting back to just that for Joker when the story gave us three to begin with. I do appreciate the basics of the story, yeah. right? I appreciate that they they have, despite the fact that it's a mystery and there's complexity around it, and very complex human interactions, especially more in the first issue, right? Examining the scars of these characters than, than the third issue. Um, and I do appreciate that we this is more of a bare-bones approach, right? It wasn't a 12-issue a series with multiple tie-ins. We didn't get the entirety of the DC Universe. We focused on the three most scarred characters by the Joker. And you know, the, it kind of goes back to my comments, and I know, Aaron, you were about to say something, is that the first issue... The first issue started with an exploration of the scars of these characters um, that the Joker had on these characters, and... Um, you know, and, and we kind of really delved into that and, and set up an emote, a feeling that as the book went on, turned less, more and more away from that and more and more into kind of your standard superhero Batman tale. Now, is it better than Joker War? Hell yes. Oh, yeah. A thousand times. Um, but, you know, it will it will I revisit it the same way I revisit the killing joke? Um, no, I think the killing joke will, will always be this timeless tale. Um, and, and, you know, to, to your point about Batman killing, you know, I, I, I'm all for Batman not killing. I, I, I totally get that as a core concept of his character. And I think the ambiguity of the ending of killing joke, now it's not ambiguous, but at the time it was released, you know, when it was out and out of continuity tale, there was, you know, the intention of Alan Moore was that Batman did kill Joker and that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that was the capper on these characters um, for him. And, yeah. and I just would have preferred because this, because this is a black label book, I feel like he, the range, you, you had more leeway than to end the book at status quo, you know, with now the red hood barber thing swept under the rug, the three jokers thing we're down to one Joe chills dead, but you know, no one gives well, a shit about Joe yeah. chill anymore. I anyway. think, I think what you'll find is depending on the staying power of the book, just like killing joke, because it was a while before Killing Joke was was in continuity. You know, folks kind of waited to see, you know, how it was going to play, and then you just kind of slip it in, and that'll be the same thing here. You know, I, I, I don't want anybody to think that, that I did not enjoy all three issues. I did. My complaint, and I get it, Batman has a code. My issue is, let's not pretend he's the hero we say he is if he can't solve this problem or he won't step out 
and be brave enough to do the thing he doesn't want to do. That is a story writing problem. That is a problem that the writers have on Batman, and he needs to figure out, Batman the character and the writer of Batman, need to figure out how you reasonably address Joker versus letting Joker, giving Batman the opportunity to do something about him and not doing it. That's the challenge with this character. I think they're working towards it because they keep talking about that from other characters talking to him. And I think that's the problem, and I, I think you, you nailed it at the beginning of this conversation, Wayne, with the timing of the, of the release. Yeah, I got I, annoyed it, when I saw Monarch Theater again. Yeah, same. I just yeah. saw this last month, and then I remembered if this would have come out two years ago when it was supposed to, that would have been a good place to have the finale. Yeah. But well, because it came out like a couple weeks after we saw a finale there, it was completely undercut, and I was annoyed to see it. And I think, Aaron, you know, you do you feel like you would have felt differently about this book if if it had been released two years ago or if the Joker War wasn't a thing, especially because the concept of Batman not killing the Joker and the repercussions of that was such a such a big part. Point yeah, Joker such War. a big part. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that had I not experienced Joker War, I think I would have had a very different experience in this book. But because of, there was so much Joker going on at the same time, uh, I do. I think it, I think it hurts the overall experience when you're somebody who's reading all of those books. And yeah. you know, let me I am you. very uh, adamant when it comes to the Batman character that if he ever crosses the line and kills Joker, that's when he hangs up the cowl. That doesn't mean they can't bring him back and he has a whole arc on recovering himself and returning to who he is and all that. But I think that's a big enough deal to the character as he's defined that if he ever does cross that line, he hangs up the cow and then we get Nightwing as as Batman or something for a while. I do not disagree with you in one little bit, Wayne. I think that when you're ready to graduate somebody else into that role like we always do every five or ten years – you know, rolling somebody else into the into these characters for a year or so. That's when you do it. You know, you do that. But it does break your toy. <laughs> you know, it does break your toy, and you, that you might have to you know go into the next uh, you know big reboot of your universe before you can bring back Batman without having killed somebody. Because we all remember how that played with uh, Superman when he killed the Kryptonian villains. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's it's it because this is in in, in theory an outside of continuity tale, mm-hmm. right? It, it's a black label book, mature readers tale. They had the leeway to maybe not have Batman kill, but maybe, unlike the ending of the Joker War, maybe not save the Joker. Yeah, you know, maybe he saw the gun that the the comedian was holding on you know was aiming at the um, the criminal you know something along those lines it just i i feel like there was uh there, there weren't enough risks taken given um all the the, the hype around this channel and here's the thing and i want to make sure that i'm clear i genuinely enjoy three jokers i enjoy all three issues i would probably rank it an eight out of ten um maybe you know somewhere between a seven and eight out of ten if i were to give a, a specific score I feel like it was it didn't take enough risks um, given so, the setup well, that they had. Going back to your idea of the not saving, I have to say, looking at this as a whole, one of the strongest moments of the entire series for me was the conversation between Jason Todd and Batgirl. 
mm-hmm. when she didn't stop him from killing Joker and then gets outraged and he says, when was the last time you missed with a battering? And I would say that's my favorite moment of the book mm-hmm. of, the, of the series was Jason Todd talking to Bat, to Batgirl, calling, calling her on her bullshit. Yeah. Well, and how yeah. much how how much of a full circle moment would it have been for Batgirl to call Batman on the exact same thing at the end right. of issue three? Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, ultimately, the the disappointment in me is is all something I brought in. Um, it's not Jeff Johns. It's not Jason Fabok. Jason Fabok did a wonderful job on this book. Jeff Johns wrote the hell out of this book. My the issue really with this book is my expectations, but those are yeah. left expectations that were set up by. Um, by four DC years. saying four years, you know, <laughs> was spent on this tale, getting it absolutely yeah. perfect, and it's yeah. a Joker story you've never, like, you've never read before. And it really got hurt by coming out at the same time as Joker War. Yep, yeah. agreed. So, you know, I, I think overall we all enjoyed it. It was all time well spent. It just wasn't what we hoped it would be. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to revisiting the tale at some point. I'm looking forward to, yeah. to getting now that the story's out, reading some maybe spoiler interviews mm-hmm. with with jeff johns and then getting he you know he's he doesn't do a lot of interviews um anymore but you know i'm, I'm very curious to to see what his intent with the book was um but ultimately uh i enjoyed it i will reread it uh it's no killing joke for me but you know not much is that's why the killing joke is what it is uh right. but jason fabok um already my favorite comic artist going into this, uh, my favorite, my favorite current comic artist. Um, and this just, it, it, you know, solidified oh, it even his, more. His artwork was stellar throughout. I mean, his visual storytelling was off the charts, his technique, uh, the, the stylization where you had that continuity visually between killing joke and, uh, three jokers. I mean, th- he studied the work. He did the time. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I will say I came into this with completely different expectations from Paul. Mine were low because I hated the concept of three jokers, that there were three of them. I hated that the book hadn't come out for multiple years. And I never imagined that we would get it like three issues really quickly in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did not think any of that. So I came in with kind of low expectations. But also hope because it's Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. I mean, with talent like that, you've got some hope there. And the first issue caught me off guard by how much I enjoyed it, despite not liking the idea of three different Jokers. I think for me, I'm going to let this sit for about a year, reread it when Joker War is further away from me, and see what my opinion is of it then. Because I really enjoyed it, but there are some things that just kept annoying me. And I know it's baggage I brought from Joker War. You've heard what we thought. We want to know what you think. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media. We are IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Stay tuned to this channel, the same Bat Channel, for uh, more comic book goodness in uh, next week's episode of Funny Books. Catch you then. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.